0: Good morning, future Alex. It is day 24, and today is April the 1st. And no, there will not be any April Fool's jokes in this episode. Today I want to talk about microsites and why I bet on them for my products. Let's start with what a microsite actually is. I think Wikipedia has a definition that's quite spot on. It's basically a service that operates independently from what you would consider your primary service, but still has a close connection. There's something that relates them. Sometimes they run as subdirectories of your main site, maybe, or as a subdomain, and and sometimes they even run as completely separate domains. But the two things that make it a microsite, in my opinion, are, one, the size, obviously. Uh, Any development time should be in the range of days and not weeks, depending on the size of your company, of course, but it should be negligible in comparison to the time that you've invested or that you continue to invest in your primary product or service. And secondly, there has to be a link to that primary service, either be in the same industry, be somehow related to the offering, something like that. Recently, the term engineering as marketing has popped up, and it often refers to a very specific type of a larger microsite, where development time is required to create them. But for me, the term microsite is much wider and can include even just a single page on your website. The key being that the microsite is not 100% dedicated to your primary service. It's sort of like a satellite service. So why would you consider doing a microsite in the first place? Well, first and most obviously, they are marketing for your primary service. You're creating a channel that you can advertise on, you can collect email addresses, and so on. Secondly, and this is related to the first point, but you can use them as a sales lead generator. Let's say, for example, you have an blog where you interview industry experts you introduce new products new events and so on this is an easy way to expand your network because you can reach out and say hey would you like to be featured on this site and once you have the connection you may even be able to turn them into potential customers the, the relationship's a little bit warmer than it would be originally because you've already provided some value thirdly would be something I'm going to call added value harvesting. And this is something that I haven't come across as much, but I think it's just as valid. So during business development, you're often creating a lot of value for yourself, for internal use. But how about offering that value externally as well in the form of a microsite? Take the following example. If you need to go to conferences or events as part of your sales strategy, you most probably sit down regularly and create or maintain an Excel file of all upcoming events with, you know, dates, location, and so on. You'll use that to figure out whether it's worth going or not. And you may even add some notes on what happened the last time to better judge that. And yes, the main value here is for you internally to decide whether or not it's worth going. But the general information in this spreadsheet is very useful for other people as well. And if you simply publish that information on your website, and since you're regularly updating it internally anyway, you can do that externally as well. And by providing this information, you might become the site to go to for industry, news, events, you'll probably start ranking in Google. Now, this is an example that is widely used. There are a lot of event aggregation sites, for example. But if you're in a niche market, this may still work. Or if you can find a differentiator, you know, instead of doing all industry events, you just do industry events that cater for small businesses, for example. So what are examples of Microsites. Well, I've already mentioned the aggregator type, so anything where you're providing a database of some sorts, be that industry events, new products, product reviews, uh, even new sites are possible. A subcategory of these are statistics or insights pages. So for a music provider, they could provide the charts every month based on their listening data. For an e-commerce business, similarly, you could share an annual overview of the product categories, how well they sell, depending on the month, the season. This type contributes... Type also lends itself well to provide the data in some form of widget that people can implement or add to their website. The failed project I mentioned last episode had a widget that displayed the daily lunch deals around a certain location that companies then used to put on their intranet sites for their employees. It was served with the data we already had and was just a simple add-on to our offering. Second, the microsite could be used to provide a service that fits in before or after the main service that you're providing. So for MailMerge 365, for example, I was thinking of providing a microsite that lets you pre-process the Excel files in a certain way. Which, of course, can be used as an input to my own service, but it provides value as it is. People could use it for other purposes. Similarly, an example for an after-service for Mail Merge 365 could be to turn the results spreadsheet of a campaign that you can download in the tool and turn it into maybe a nice PDF or a presentation or even have a plugin for PowerPoint that automatically loads the most current data into the slide. The challenge you will face here is to figure out whether you want to build it as a feature of your main product Or if you want to add it as a microsite in order not to make your product more complex. third example are testing microsites. Now, this is a really big category. You'll find microsites for testing your SEO, testing your website speed. These are all based around getting the content from a a website and, and doing something with it. If you have some sort of testing algorithm in your product already, you could extract a free, more basic version that just doesn't provide all the comforts of your main product but still provides people with value. And fourth are classical marketing microsites. So think about all those little entertaining sites that you know that jump on a specific topic such as a news cycle or a sporting event or something similar. For example, for my product Innovote, which is essentially a voting solution, I could create a Eurovision microsite with some sort of prize for the person who guessed the right winner. Now, this example also shows you an issue that microsites have. The Eurovision audience does not overlap greatly with my startup event audience that I'm looking for for Innovo. So... The return on investment, because after all I still have to market this website just as I do my primary service, may not be that high. I would have to create a microsite that is much more finely tuned to the same audience that my main solution is. So what is there to look out for when thinking about microsites? Well, first, there still needs to be a connection. As a T-fanatic myself, if I started a microsite that told you what type of tea you are after a short questionnaire, that may gain some traction, but again, the overlap with potential customers for either of my two products uh, would be rather low. Second, if the site requires regular maintenance, so this is for the category of data aggregation microsites, you ideally want it to be automatable. So the data is collected automatically, Or at least it's outsourceable so you can get someone else to follow your procedure for getting the data and inputting it into your system. And last and not least, but this applies as much to any microsite as it does to your main product. And that is release early and test, test, test. Especially if you're investing development time into the microsite, get the basic value out there with a minimum of effort and just take it from there. Taking the aggregator once again as an example, you could literally just publish your Excel file of events research on your website for people to download, maybe redacting some of the internal columns, but that already provides a lot of value for others. If you're providing free value, a lot of people won't care about what it looks like too much or what comfort feature this has. That part only gets more important once you're not the only one providing that information. So if you need to provide better value than someone else, yes, then the type of aggregation or the features that it has to get to that information might be more important. Anyway, that's all for today. Please share the episode if you like it. Subscribe for more musings of this kind. And go to futurealex.com for a full transcript and any links that I might have mentioned. I will talk to you tomorrow.